What's happening, Mark? Well, what's happening there, Johnny? How you doing, good buddy? I'm doing good. Hey, I made a new friend. You made a new friend? I made a new friend. I think I think you could dig this dude, right? All right. So uh, I I spend a lot of time online. You know this. I get my schools online. I like playing video games, all sorts of cool shit like that. Um, I, mm. I streamed on Twitch for a while. It's just all this all this fun shit. But I met this dude online, and let me tell you, okay. he is just like the raddest guy. So he's into like computer engineering, and but he's but he like gives me off this like kind of not hipstery, not surfery, just like like a chill, laid back vibe, right? And we get to talking and all this sort of stuff, and he's he's really into like software engineering and like kind of figuring out. Uh, how applications work and he's been working on all this like products like all these products and stuff um he had this like really cool concept uh for, for like a social media type of thing where you get to customize your, your like a profile for your, yourself but it's not you're not trying to sell yourself as as like uh like bumble or tinder or like it's not a sex thing you know you're not, you're just trying to advertise yourself as as you are right so it's a place where you can kind of put right. up your own music and you can you can customize the backgrounds and you can use your own pictures and you can kind like of like a space that would be your own. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, that you yeah. could take ownership of. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, exactly. Like you can rank rank seems me, but you can have like a top eight. Like you can you can have links to all your friends profiles and different things like this. Um, super cool, dude. His name is Tom. And, and I'm trying Tom. like, yeah, his name is Tom. And I'm like, I'm hanging out and, and we're just like chatting online a whole bunch. And, uh, he, he said the damnedest thing to me though. He said the one thing he hasn't quite figured out that he needs to integrate into this platform is how he can use it to, uh, to advertise things like podcasts. And I'm like, mm. well, what, what's, what seems to be the problem? He's like, well, the problem is I just can't stop listening long enough. Like it, it distracts me too much and I can't figure out a way to make this medium work while I'm closed out of everything and all this and that shit. It's like, well, like, God, what? I, I just, I just, I don't understand. Like, what's the problem here? And he's like, well, the problem is I can't stop listening to the dang old podcast and these awful, awful cold opens that their hosts are constantly doing. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That was a stretch. <laughs> I was going real good for the yeah, first like eighty percent, and then I took a nose dive. Welcome to the dang old podcast. All right, I thought you were gonna make a time travel joke, so <laughs> you know, like he's trying to advertise podcasts, but he can't figure it out how because this is actually two thousand and six, and podcasts aren't a thing yet. <laughs> um. Hey, this is uh, his name is Tom, and he's an unidentified special needs child. I don't know what his last name is. <laughs> So it's not Tom from MySpace, just a, just a weird. All right, okay, I understand. Yeah, welcome back to the Dangle Podcast, a weekly retrospective rewatch of that animated classic by Mike Judge, where I, Mark, and my good buddy Johnny, we take two episodes and we talk about them, and we see if they're good or if they're bad. We talk about the highs and the lows. Uh, we slap with our patented rating system, see if they still hold up, and. Well, Johnny, we are just rocketing through season 13, so we might as well just log on in this week, right, buddy? I think we might have to. Uh, Mark, we're going to start this week with episode 239, Lost in MySpace. 
Original air date, November 2nd, 2008. This is written by Judah and Murray Miller. Um, I, I, I'm going to say Judah and Murray Miller. I didn't cross-reference this with IMDb, and they seem to be the ones that tend to get shafted a whole bunch, but eh, we're going to say That's what them. I came up with was the Millers, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Cool. We'll take it. Um, our cast of characters for this week's episode are Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, a uh, surprising turn for Donna, Buck Strickland, Enrique, Melinda, Roger Budasak, Joe Jack, Maria Montalvo, M.F. Fatherton, Pat Ritchie, David, Ladybird, and then we have pictured or mentions of Hector, Stu, Tom, DC, Nancy and Joseph Gribble, and Khan, Supernews, and Pone. Uh, I don't believe we have a guest star this week because uh, Donna is not uh, like she's not a guest star and the person that voices her because this is probably her biggest and only episode but her voice actor is Bobby it's Pamela Adlin oh wow okay yeah so uh, she gets uh, gets to work something different gets to work a different portion of her throat this week I guess because <laughs> she's not trying to do Bobby for a change that's a really weird way to say that but okay eh you know <laughs> Um, it's also not um, Chris Rock returning as Roger Budasak. It's uh, it is, Phil Lamar. It is Phil Lamar. That's correct. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Chris Rock anymore, but uh, we do get to see some Budasak. Uh, we, I, I can, this is I 2008, can... dude. He's got that Adam Sandler money now. He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. He's probably, for sure. I think he was just coming off of Grown Ups number one in 2008. <laughs> God damn. No, there's no way. There's no way that Grown Ups is that old. Like, I know it's old Dude, it's super and old, older yeah. than I want, but not 2008. That didn't come out my freshman year of college. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, Mark, our synopsis Okay, 2010. Week... 2010. So I okay. apologize. I, I, retraction. Two, th- two years later. Really just one year later because this is in November. But hey, who's counting? <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Uh, objection. Conjecture. Objecture. Um, Objecture. <laughs> Mark, our synopsis this week, it is Hank versus social media at Strickland and Dale goes truffle hunting. Um, A story characters, Hank and Donna. B story characters, Dale, Bobby, Bill. Um, let's uh, let's jump right in here. Give me some of your notes, bud. Um, Too hot for propane, too cold for propane. It's the Goldilocks season. I like that. I like that a lot. I do too. It's really get a lot of good Joe Jack in this episode. Just calling yeah. it out like first thing. Like this is an opportunity to kind of see some more people at Strickland. I'm a little bummed that we kind of got shorted on like Maria. I mean, Maria's worked at Strickland like the entire run of the damn show and we know nothing about yeah. her. But then yeah. also like I forget which episode and we're naming characters and I go, yeah, you know, there's Buck, Donna, Glasses, Joe Jack. And you're Glasses. Now we know Glasses' is name. It's Melinda. <laughs> it's Melinda. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Melinda and her crazy six pack. <laughs> um, this is a rehash of episodes, question mark, because it feels a lot like 24 hour propane people. I could see that. I could see that a lot. Like, uh, they just got to dig into it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I like this one better, but... Okay. Um, this is our 
specialist of very special episodes. Like, this is literally like the three stages of what happened when the world was exposed to social media. Like, yes. you know, we're, we're it's kind of fun and innocent, and then we yes and into madness, and then we burn the world down with it. And this episode is that, and it's crazy. It's also crazy to me to watch this in 2023. Right, this episode is, what, 13 years old? 2008? No, 15. It's, it's going to get its years learner's old. permit. That's how old this episode is, dude. And so, like, trying to watch it, and I had to, like, think about what MySpace was. You know what yeah. I mean? And I had one. Like, we all had one. All, anybody uh-huh. our age had it. Like, it's crazy to me. And this episode is just so, like, this is Mike Judge going, all right, now don't be a jackass on the internet. Otherwise, we're going to elect a reality TV star as president. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, there's a lot of good background in this episode, and I just paid a lot of attention to background. Um, okay. Number one, Strickland, Strickland propane drug tests. Yep. <laughs> Do you see that um, poster on the wall? I did. I did. Yeah, got a kick out of that. Um, there's a picture of Hank and Bobby fishing, and it looks really, really good. It's just in the living room, and it made me smile. It's like we're here in the you know 13th season, so we know how to dress, how to like decorate a set, and I just really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that. There's a lot of good background work in here. Um. And then I also realized, dude, there is a, there's another fucking pig in this show. There is a pig every two seasons in this show. <laughs> this is a pig heavy show. This is literally pig town, man. Like they're, they're in pig town, buddy. They are in pig town. Holy shit. They're in pig town so easily that Bobby <laughs> being able to, you know, having zero athleticism is still able to like spear <laughs> that fucking pig and then put it in a full melt, like in one clean motion. Like that's how ingrained pig town is into pig town. It's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you got for notes, buddy? Um, so first one here is a question because we all eventually made okay. the made the switch, right? When did you stop mm-hmm. using MySpace and switch to Facebook? Probably 2008. I know mine was 2008, and I know that because yeah. I my ex that I didn't want to talk to uh was that that I I had from high school was on MySpace, but she didn't have my Facebook. Like we weren't Facebook friends. Um and so it was just like, "Oh, Cool. I can go away. I can live four hours away from you and not have to talk to you if I don't ever want to because I can screen your phone calls and you can't get a hold of me online because you're not my friend on Facebook. Awesome. And so I just kind of kind of ditched my MySpace from that point. But God, I was addicted to that shit for four years, easily four years. I was a pretty early adopter of the Internet at my house. And so, yeah, yeah like every chance I got, I was on AOL Instant Messenger and and MySpace, and I mean, the sort of shit that you learned from that, like when when your your brain was all neuroplastic and and shit like that. I really wish I still remembered how HTML code worked, and and how I could insert yeah. images and change backgrounds and all that sort of shit. It was like baby's first coding experiment. It was good for us, I think, in its own I way. I think so. Well, it definitely, it took a lot of the mysticism out of it, you know. I, I have to, and you right. know what, if, if we got boomers listening to this, I, I'm not meaning to offend you when I say this shit, but I am kind of a little, um, you and I can understand how a little bit of code and some lines and some text can change shit on a computer. I'm pretty sure most of the boomers still think it's fucking witchcraft. 
Like it just <laughs> happens. You could just make this happen, right? No, there's like a billion other little weird variables in here. We all know that you can't just turn something like a different shade or a different color or and make it all fucking work the same way because we all tried to do it on our MySpace. We all tried to have a, like yeah. a cool music player and flying toasters in the background and shit like that. And you make one wrong like and, keystroke and it's all fucked and you have to spend 20 minutes fixing it. Yeah. So. Yeah, was, God, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I think you and I have a, lot, a healthier understanding of of coding and what the, what those poor people go through sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, so I have an immediate red flag in this show, or in this episode, okay. I should say. Um, Hank does not know what MySpace is, and he shows up to the alley and starts talking about it. The red flag here, what should have immediately warned him that this is bad fucking news, is Bill going, oh, that's the best part of my life right now. Um... <laughs> Anything that is the best part of Bill's life is probably not a good thing. <laughs> not if one of the guys didn't introduce him to it, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, it's... Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad you brought her up because I wrote a note down here and it, it kind of freaked me out for a second when I realized who was talking. I legitimately thought that ever ever since her hire, we would never hear Maria Montalvo's voice again. Mm-hmm. And yet we actually got spoken lines from her in this episode. And I went, holy shit, you are actually doing something with Maria Montalvo. That is amazing. Um, Question for the, the field, I guess, and the field being you and, and whoever else is listening, you can, I don't know, message me later. Um, Mark, do you think Donna should get to keep her job at the end of this episode? Because I fucking don't. To to misquote um, Dale's bazooms, hell no. Hell no. Ex- yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Donna shouldn't yeah. be employed there in the first place, dude. Like, holy shit. Yeah, she's not actually... They, they even say multiple times, what did Donna do? And it was literally nothing. The answer is nothing at all. No, she shouldn't be there. Goddamn, yeah. I think Buck actually does more work than Donna does. Yeah, if she can't do accounting work, then she shouldn't be there to begin with. But yeah, it's I it's one of those weird, stupid, sitcom-y things that it's like, you could fire her and it not be a big thing. Yeah. You know, we're going to get to a, another episode here where somebody does get fired and I don't think he gets to go back. So, I I just, yeah. fucking Donna. She drives me nuts in this episode. Um, I realized after watching the pig psychedelic trip out scene that we have a lot of animals getting high in this show because we have this and this we have the at least pigeons. A second. Yeah, like uh, either that or it, what, what's the quote? It's it's only happened twice, but that's kind of a weird thing to happen twice. It's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and my last note here is please, 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 nobody tell Luann about puppet grill gloves. Puppet grilling gloves. No, like, we can't handle it. Can't do it. Uh. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, she does a deal with Strickland and gets manger baby gloves, you know? Yeah. I don't know. The limited edition licensing. run of manger babies. <laughs> um, give me your pros, buddy. What'd you like about the episode? Um, Pros. What's MySpace? I don't know. I think it's a cult. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby's pig tackle. 
<laughs> I just it's an amazing <laughs> sequence. Bobby's eating That's breakfast. also in my pros. <laughs> then just like tackle, runs out the door and just like scoop slams the pig. <laughs> like, it's great. I like it's the amazing. way you just. De- I like the way you described it. He basically Goldberg spears that pig to the ground. Yeah, he, he takes it down. <laughs> um, Hank, after reading hours or you know weeks and weeks and months and months worth of uh, blog posts. God, there's no information in here at all. Cut to Mark editing any episode of a podcast he does panicking because what's he putting out into the world? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You already kind of called it out, but this is technically our first acid scene, right? Like, I mean, it's psychedelic mushrooms, so yeah. Yeah, thing consumes X, X induces acid trip. Yeah. I'm going to say that psilocybin is it's an acid, right? Like it's a hallucinogen, yeah. Like it's it's not nearly as as intense as as, um, no, it's an no, it's an alkaloid. It's an alkaloid, is what it is. Yeah, okay. It's not not an acid. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like acid, acid, not like lysergic. Yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. I gotcha. Um, question mark pro how does Dale know how to identify magic mushrooms because he goes it's got (laughs) purple veins it's a magic he knows he fucking knows (laughs) right um yeah those are my pros okay um I guess sidebar to Melinda's stomach but I don't want to be a creep (laughs) Melinda's stomach dude Melinda's hot I, I'm into it, dude. I'm into it. Way to go, glasses. Um, <laughs> so I also have Bobby's immediate takedown of the pig. There's like zero hesitation. He just goes, pig! It just books it out the door. Um, that to me is, that's one of the most pure and wholesome things I think I've ever seen Bobby do. Um, first pro here, how great are viral videos? Because I like watching fat people fall down and I like watching cats on the internet and you know, I miss the golden age of, of viral videos. We even had like a, we, we have like a slight resurgence every couple years. I don't know if you ever watch any of the, uh, the vines that they would do that are like 10 seconds long, but yeah, I liked vine for a minute. It had its place. It's got its moments. Like you can find a best of vines and I'm like, some of these are very funny. Like you did a lot with 10 seconds. Like good for you guys. Um, title of my sex tape. <laughs> Two guys sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure to send you that. Um, Oh, I I am aware. I am well aware. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Uh, Next pro here. Peggy catfishes people as Ted Danson. (laughs) And she thinks it's actually working. (laughs) Ted Danson's quite the ladies' man. (laughs) Right, um, I you and I love to call out costumes, and Dale's truffle hunting costume is fantastic. I like that Bobby all gets of the his truffle own, hunting. Right, all of, Bill too, Bill too, yeah. Bill absolutely. is good. Bobby gets his little hat, but Dale's is like the most complete ensemble. I love it. Um, and my last <laughs> pro here is for all of the shit that you and I have put up with for thirteen seasons, and for all of the the times he didn't get his comeuppance. Buck getting his ass kicked by a bunch of people who think he's Hank is very much karma for me. I know he didn't quote unquote deserve it, but fucking Buck totally deserved it. 
I feel in a roundabout way he deserved. Yes, he, he got what was coming to him. Yes, exactly. I just it's just very satisfying to see. Like I really don't like Buck as a character, and watching him get physical pain inflicted upon him because he decided not to not to rein Donna in earlier. That is fan fucking tastic to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's what I got for pros. What did you not like about this episode? Um, before that, I got a question. Do you think Buck and Donna like were sleeping together regularly? You know, is it like a Debbie type deal or just? Um, uh, I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna say yes because until I watched this episode, I didn't realize just how how thick Donna's thighs were. And yet they do a very good job of accentuating them in every time you see her below the waist in this episode. And I'm like, okay, I could see, I could see Buck just like trying to go after that, like crazy. Um, he's a dog. And if she can just hang out around the office and and stays under the radar for the most part. Yeah. That seems to me like why that's happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. Like, She's the new Debbie. Yeah. I don't know. There's a scene missing where, like, Maria isn't into white guys, except for Hank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Cons, what are we doing here? Donna's the worst character on the show, right? Like, in one single She's episode, hard. I have never hated anybody worse. Um, I would rather get a beer with Ted Wasana song than spend 20 minutes with Donna. I don't know. I... You throw some alcohol in her and she turns into Leanne, so. Yeah, she's fucking scary, dude. Yeah. Um, um con. Donna's boobs. <laughs> Why is that a con? So, I don't know an easier way to say this. Um, there's always one that's a U shape and there's always one that's an L shape. And neither one is either of both shapes. But one is always, but one <laughs> boob is always the other shape. At any given time. Go back and watch this, dude. Look at I don't I don't know what made me think about it, but I was watching I think it's the I think it's when she's like hobbling in all fucking pigeon toed from the kitchen and like one of her boobs is like a boob shape and the other is like a hand grip for a mountain climber. It's weird. <laughs> and they do that the entire episode and it just switches sides. I don't I don't get it. It's weird. There's <laughs> Hey, okay, she had a bad boob job, and it just depends on which way gravity is pushing. One gets shaped to an L is pushing. (laughs) Both lefties? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, I know that I'm bringing this up, and I sound gross about it, I said I didn't want to be gross, but let's just take a minute here and reflect on all the awesome boobs we've gotten out of King of the Hill. Luann and her Missy Melons, multiple times. Nancy's cans. Sundress Peggy sundress peggy like it's there buddy i just the evidence is there that we can do better and they didn't and i want to know i don't know and then i thought is it like a weird thing because like you know she's got a really big ass but like no chest so she's like stuffing crap into her bra and i'm like why are you thinking about this it's 4 30 in the fucking morning just watch the goddamn episode <laughs> con we don't get to see joe jack party boying the tank that was cut away and i hate that I want to see Joe Jack party boying the propane tank so that I can recreate it with a propane tank. Because goddammit, I missed the party boy. Ugh. <laughs> um, cons. I don't remember. Did you have a... Okay, so I don't remember MySpace at all. 
Um, but they're calling it out directly here. So we're assuming that this is what it is. It is MySpace, right? So did you have a handle or were you just like Johnny D? Uh, it, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God, I was just Mark, but I honestly can't remember, but there was so many people like, you know, weird usernames. So I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. It's not really a con. I just don't remember websites from 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, buddy? Um, so I really, I only have one big sweeping glaring con for this episode and it's what, what kind of drug it down for me. And it's that, once again, King of the Hill has managed to encapsulate something that should have been better by now and has only gotten about a billion times fucking worse. And that is our use of social media and the internet. Um, my con in here specifically is who in the world gets off to people that are getting freaky on propane tanks. But, I mean, half a series ago, we got into the whole let's pour everything gross and nasty under the sun on Peggy's feet for people. So... I shouldn't be all pissed off about getting freaky with a propane tank. However, this episode, like, it's just, it's a hard one for me to watch. We are doing the same shit on a much grander scale at much faster speeds. And we've been doing it for so long that we've just kind of evolved it into uh, how can, how can we grift absolutely everybody that we know, whether we realize we're doing it or not. Hmm. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Yeah, I the internet as an advertising platform has just, it has completely ruined advertising for anything at all anymore. It's, it's, it's starting to reach out into things that I, I wasn't expecting to come to the realization of. So I, okay, here's a little bit of spoilers, guys. If you haven't watched the Ahsoka TV, TV series... I might spoil a little bit of this here. I had a conversation with my lady wizard about how I really wish that not every single tiny detail of every single Hollywood project is reported on. And I used that as an example um, because for the first four episodes of Ahsoka, the main huge issue here is, hey, we need to stop these people from creating this like fucking Stargate, if you will, so that they can get into another galaxy, so they can rescue the one dude that, that nobody fucking wants back here in the galaxy except for the bad guys, right? Right. And so you have four episodes of buildup of, oh shit, oh shit, they might actually stop it. Oh shit, they might actually stop it. Except, if you've been following the news at all, you'd know that six months before the show even premiered, they cast the dude to play the big bad guy. Like, there's no point right. in saying you're never gonna see him if you know the fucker got cast. <laughs> and so the instant yep. availability of the internet and the fact that all of this information hits you right the second, it, it, like as soon as it absolutely possibly can, has ruined anticipation. It's ruined advertising for me. I can't I can't watch movie trailers anymore because I'm like, oh, you're going to ruin half the fucking movie for me. Yeah, I, I don't know, though. I am super hyped for a Godzilla minus one and I wouldn't be hyped without the trailer. See, there's, also, there's some... But, and maybe that's part of the problem, too, is because I can't read Japanese fluently. So, like, I'm only getting, you know, like, my, you know, brain is still just picking out the, like, the words and characters that I know. And I'm like, oh, Godzilla's gonna do a thing. Awesome. Right. Like, you know, so I'm only getting little snippets. But, and right. I just watched a trailer on repeat a couple times ago. Oh, boy, that show looks cool. Oh, look, it's a callback to the original. Oh, boy, I'm excited. Right. 
I think well, my bigger I, problem you hit was the advertising angle of it. Like, I am so sick of shit being told that, or me being told that I'm going to enjoy shit. I am not going to enjoy anything that Marvel puts out. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Okay, well, I, just stop it. I'm really glad that you brought up Godzilla because I think this is, it's almost a unique American advertising problem. Um, and I say that because things like Godzilla or uh, The Boy and the Heron is a movie that's coming out in December in America oh, yeah. and worldwide and all that shit. But it's been out since July. And mm-hmm. the guy who created it basically said, hey, I'm one of the most famous animators of all fucking time in, in Japan. I do not want a trailer. You don't get a trailer. You get to know that I'm making a movie and then this is the day that it comes out. You don't get promotional art. You don't get anything else. That's it. And he just basically said, I'm tired of all this shit. It wastes fucking money. It doesn't do my my movies any good. Just if you like my movies, come and fucking see it when it comes out. And so I'm like, okay. And it still ended up being a huge fucking success. Right. So. Well, it's I, also, I mean, yeah. but it's because it was me. It was Hayao Miyazaki, right? That it was is his? Miyazaki. Yeah. 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 So like. I guess good. I'm glad it worked out for him too. But at the same time too, it's like, <laughs> it's not like he's a little underground animator, you know, like. No, but we, we. <laughs> this if isn't may... Brad Neely's like, you know, motion <laughs> picture. And he doesn't tell anybody about it except for through guerrilla marketing and repost of, you know, the Dear Reader Harry Potter series. <laughs> like. Right. You know, and then no one hears about it because. Well, America doesn't work that way. Like it's still Miyazaki. It's it's true, but I don't know. We suck I'm not the trying to disagree with you. Else in just, Hollywood. Yeah. No, I if just, I told I you, I get sick of trailers. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just say if I if I told you that Christopher Nolan or Ridley Scott had a movie that was coming out that they refused to do a trailer for, people would still fucking go mad and go and see it. Like they lose their they lose, I would, lose their minds. Yeah, and I just give you a big resounding who cares, but yeah. I, I'm i also sick of this idea that, like, everything is so good all the time. No, it's not. Shut up. You're just tr- trying to churn shit out because so you make more money for someone else. Like, Yeah. Maybe I'm getting jaded in my old age here, but, like, my bigger problem well, is you're talking about, you know, with advertising and shit is, like, um, I had popped on, I had to get on the King of the Hill wiki today because I was 90% sure the girl next week, or in the next episode, was Bobby's girlfriend from, um, 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 Oh my god, now I can't remember it. The uh Bobby Ray episode. Melinda I think her name is oh, Melinda, okay. but it's not it, it's not her. But like I thought it was her. And like you use the wiki as like a source, but like how many fucking ads can I get rid of? You know? And it's like I'm sorry, nobody on the King of the Hill wiki needs to know about fucking dog and heart or or, or cat and dog heartworm medication. Like you know, like and then on the other side of that, if we're truly being listened to every single second by our recording devices and, you know, the man and whatever, then target advertising should be better. Like, fucking A. I'm not a mom. I, I'm not a lady. I don't have children. And I certainly don't breastfeed. Don't fucking send me breast pump ads. Like, <laughs> on the king. And that's my problem. Don't send me breast pump ads on the King of the Hill wiki. Yeah. And before you come at me saying, that's because you look up weird lactation mommy porn. No, I don't. I use that on DuckDuckGo, not Google, so step off, Hoss. You're good. You're good. I, it's <laughs> like, like I would ever kink shame you. <laughs> that, is not, that is not a thing I'm into. I was just trying to think of a through line to why maybe I would get targeted for a breast pump. <laughs> like, I don't. 
I don't know. No, Fuck advertising, I, Johnny. I, no, it, it, like that's that's a huge piece of this. Like, sorry to kind of super digress there, but my my big bitch and big con with this is the whole concept of this episode. The whole driving force behind it is we need to get on the internet because it's going to sell things, and that's only gotten right. worse. Um, it's only gotten worse, and my personal gripes and bitches about it and and where they go is, I I want to see stories end. I want to not be surprised or I, I want to not have everything spoiled for me in a trailer. Like not everything needs a sequel, a continuation or a spinoff. Just create, do your thing and then walk away. Maybe it doesn't need a reboot either. Who knows? Absolutely. fucking lutely Buddy, let's get to favorite moments. Let's do her. What do you got for me? Um, I have Hank going, what's Weezer? <laughs> Mostly because I love Weezer, and so that's a very funny fucking line to me. Can I ask you a really stupid question? Yeah. Name any Weezer song. Say it ain't so. Beverly Hills. I will Undone, not go the sweater to the song. Okay, okay. <laughs> I look okay, at the sun. Okay, then I do. I do. Oh no, that's cool. Then I do know who Weezer is. I. You do. You when do. they were talk, when they were talking about it this morning, I was like, what. Do I know who? Because I know I know of Weezer in the same way that I know Taylor Swift, and that I don't know anything that they put out. But yeah, apparently I do. So okay, cool. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yep, <laughs> Mark. I think if you went and saw a Weezer show, you would very much enjoy yourself because the last one I went to, it was about twenty minutes of new shit and an hour's worth of the stuff that I've been hearing on the radio for about twenty years. They All know right. what their fans All want, right. and it's the classics. And it's like, well, I've never gotten tired of this. I'm cool with it. Uh, favorite okay. moment for you, buddy. Um, the the boys going out truffle hunting and they're singing their song and they're in their get ups and it's precious. It's goddamn precious. It is really good. I love that sequence. <laughs> I like this B plot. I this is this a really is a good great B plot and that it literally does nothing with anything and it breaks up the tension and the terribleness of Donna. It's great. Yeah. And 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 um. It's a good use of Bill and Dale together. We, you know, I'm thinking like uh, my own private rodeo, and we talked about how like how much we liked Bill and Dale just being buddies, you know, and like yeah. two guys who genuinely love and care about each other. And you know what? I bet they would sit like knee to knee in Boomhauer's hot tub because that's Probably. how much they care about each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> Five feet apart <laughs> because I don't want to sit in Bill's vicinity soup. <laughs> um, buddy, give me give give us a breakdown of our ratings. <laughs> Absolutely, a rating system breaks down thusly. I'm sorry, I'm really hung <laughs> up on fucking what Bill's what Bill Delphine's bathwater tastes like. It's it's got that icky soup skin. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta skim it off the top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! For season two of this, or whatever our like next, you know, next series is, we're gonna put in a fuck. We're gonna like make a bingo card or like a tally sound, or you know, like a, the 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 Krillin gets own count for times that Mark and Johnny almost made themselves throw up. <laughs> right, right. Because right. at this point, it's about once every six weeks. Um, <laughs> I just I'm imagining it looks like fucking oil slick runoff, and it's all mo- like super chromatic. Oh, you're sick. <laughs> oh, you're sick. Oh, exactly. Sick. 
our rating system breaks down thusly. At the very, very bottom is a charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It is an F rank. It is a bad episode. Do not watch this episode of King of the Hill. It's going to get soot under your boy's nails and make you feel bad about it. Above that is a Megalo. Megalo is still a crappy episode, but in this big turd of an episode, there's little shiny nuggets of corn that are all right moments in it, and you go, okay, whatever, I guess I'm not going to turn it off. Above that is Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. It's a silver rank. It's a B. It's pretty okay. Real middle of the road. Just... Just middle of the road. You know, a couple weeks ago, we did our season 12 breakdown, John, and... What was it out of 260 possible points? It scored 150. And it's like, yeah, it yeah. was literally just the middlest of the damn roads you can get. It's good. It's bad. It's, it's watchable. There. If it's, it's watchable. If it's two in the morning, you're going to watch it. Uh, above that, though, or above that is our Char King. Char, King is, Char Kings are a gold rank. They are an A rank. They are a really good episode of King of the Hill. Characters are used well. Writing is on point. Hell, the sound cues might be good. Hell, the animation might be really beautiful for more than one sequence or something. I don't know. Maybe a guest star is really well used. It's a great episode of King of the Hill. But maybe something, you know, hangs you up. Maybe you don't like the B plot. Maybe there's too much Ted Wasana song for your taste. Or maybe you need a little bit of context just to enjoy an episode. Well, if you don't need that, if it is a perfect episode of King of the Hill, it becomes a blue flame of valor in which anybody at all in the entire world could enjoy this episode. You throw it on and your mom and your grandparents, for your mom and your grandparents at Christmas, and they go, oh, I'm so proud of what you're doing with your life, son. I don't know who said that. I don't know who said it, who it was said to or who it was heard by, but <laughs> at least you could, you know, transpose that as you will and juxtapose it in your own head, buddy, and I'll do the same for me, and somebody's proud of us. Yes. At the end of the day, though, a Blue Flame of Valor is the greatest episode of King of the Hill you can get, and we have given out, between the two of us, a 9 and 11. 9 out of Johnny, 11 out of me also. Think about it. Wink, wink, wink. Johnny, <laughs> charcoal to Blue Flame, what are you giving Lost in MySpace? Uh, first off, I'm never forgetting. And second, uh, I gave Lost in MySpace a butane. Um, okay. It, it, boil, it boils down to three words here. Social media sucks. It's it's hard to watch this. It's hard to watch somebody who has basically like flown under the radar for seasons now in Donna. And all it took was social media to turn her into a crazy fucking monster that you and I don't want to see anymore. Okay, good enough. Yeah. Uh what about you, man? What'd you give it? Initially, I gave it a megalotane, but in talking to you about it, I guess I enjoyed this episode more than I thought I did, so I'm going to bump it up to a butane, making this a two-tane. My dad says butane, 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 butane. Um, it's, an, it's a relic. It's, it's so weird to me how this episode can be about a thing from the past and then still be so prescient to this day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, in that, I got kind of, not upset, but, like, a little bit horned up for it. But then at the same time, it's like, eh, whatever, it works. Oh, also, side pro, we didn't call out Enrique's oven mitt snake kiss. That's kind of <laughs> cute. <laughs> right. But I also know that I would probably kick Enrique's ass if I worked with him. So, uh, yeah, but it's, all right, so we got a two-tane. I'll take it. Lost in yeah. my space. Could be good. Could be worse. I don't know. I guess we didn't address how Donna is no longer black, but... You know, per the right. propaniacs. But eh, I'm not going to do it. There can be more than one woman named Donna living in Texas. Absolutely can. It's a very Texas name. Well, buddy, you want to um, 
get in line for our next episode? <laughs> uh, only if we got some supervision waiting for us, buddy. This is episode 240, Mark. No Bobby Left Behind. Original air date November 9th, 2008. This is written by Chip Hall and Tim Croston. Uh, we have a cast of characters. There's a lot of people in this episode. Uh, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, fucking Carl Moss, Coach Kleehammer, Joseph Gribble, Clark Peters, Stuart Dooley, Lori, Ramon Alejandro, Jack, Emily, Emily, uh, Mr. Turkelson, Con and Connie Supanusimpone, Miguel Hernandez, Stu, Math Teacher, Jamie, Melissa, and then non-speaking roles from Susie, Tom, Leventhal, Sean, and Judy. A lot of people in this episode. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's a ton. The, my synopsis here, I, 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 I wrote what I thought was the synopsis of this episode before I watched it, and then now reading it, that's not what it is. So you're going to get an original one off the top of my head. And that is, okay. um, this is a very special episode and an after-school special on why standardized testing is ruining America. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, A-story characters, I... bo- uh, Bobby, uh, Hank, you may not, you may not agree with me, but. Well, no, I, I want to talk about it though. Just keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. A-story characters, Bobby, Hank. Um, Carl uh, Moss, like all those, all those folks. Um, it, I didn't really see a B story here, right? No, no, it's just straight. Yeah, no, it's just straight A throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump right on into notes. Tell me, tell me about school standardized testing, Mark. You have a little bit more experience with this than I do because you actually have kind of a teaching background. Um, yeah. Like, so number one, no child left behind was it was something passed by George Bush in 2001 that said if, so it focused more on like the performance of schools based around, it, 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 it almost makes sense. It's almost good intention. The performance of schools, how do you measure the performance? What are our kids learning? Um, okay. And it let the state develop their individual criteria for measurement. And what that turned into usually was just a standardized test. And then I don't know if you remember 2001 through 2008 of school, but instead of learning shit, instead you were then taught to a test because if a school underperformed, they would lose their federal funding. Right. Which literally right, right, right. is the dumbest fucking way to do it, but it really screwed up a lot of kids' education. Um, it really makes it hard to educate now because of Common Core where – and again, it was struck down in 2015, and I've not been in the classroom since then. That's when I got my license – or that's when I got my you know degree and shit. Okay. Um, but – it really screws up the way that you teach. And, you know, the biggest complaint you hear from these kids is, I don't want to do CSAPs again. And it's like, I know, guys. I know. I wish you didn't have to do them either because I remember having to do them. Oh, God, and it was yeah. terrible. And it's not like an aptitude test like the ACT or SCT or something. It's, you know, just a standardized test. And we all do it. And that was all you did. And then it became two. There was one in the fall and one in the spring. And it's not good for the kids. And, like, it's just bad. It's just bad all around. Right. But I really think this episode, too, though, is more about, like, if you did your fucking job in the first place, there wouldn't be an issue. Absolutely. And that that's the other side of the coin, too, is, like, 
you get rural schools that really just skated by. Because, you know, I went to a, a – what, there was 200 kids in my entire high school, middle school. So, like, you know, this one little rural school was skating by and didn't have to worry about shit until they started majoring it. And then right. I remember it, it was like – I remember the switch when it was like, nope, we're, it was like 2004 and I was, I think it was a sophomore and they were like, nope, this is how we're doing shit now. And it, it sucked. Like school sucked anyway, but God, it really sucked. And then when I became a senior, I got exempted from it. Cause you know, whatever, but like it was bad and it's bad for kids. It's a bad way to run shit. There ought to be like a standardized understanding of shit. Like there should be a common core, but not the way we're doing it. Okay. That's my soapbox. Thank you. That was my TED <laughs> No, talk. no, you, you make a very valid point there and, like, I think I want to expand a little bit on the difference between your, your school, your high school and my high school, because it is a huge difference. You went to a school with 200 kids. I went to one that had almost uh, almost 2000. Um, if we have Jesus 20 kids Christ. totally like fuck up, that that's almost nothing. If you have 20 kids fuck up, that's like a it's a tenth of your school. Like you have to like one kid can screw up the curve in your school. Whereas it takes a significantly larger amount of kids to screw it up in mine. So mm-hmm. that's a huge reason why I don't think that this, this sort of concept was ever, ever going to work because yeah, all you're doing is punishing these smaller schools. Yeah. It's, it's just dumb. And then it all like rounds around into like fucking athletics anyway. So who the hell cares? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where the um, school's budget went, like... Yeah. Holograms on the tickets, Mark, because it is not <laughs> a victimless crime. I had to buy me three gribbles this year, damn it. You know how expensive that is? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're on We're on your notes, yeah? Uh, it doesn't... I mean, I don't know if we ever actually even started into notes, but I can start into mine. Um, yeah, first crazy. one. Yeah, first one here is that guys text test anxiety is a real thing. Um, there are all sorts of studies out there, and as somebody who counsels, um, yeah, that's it's it's real. Like anxiety is a motherfucker to begin with, and there are certain things that can trigger anxiety, and tests is one of the biggest ones. It's right up there with public speaking. Uh, it's not that you don't know the content you're talking about, but the fact of the matter is you're setting somebody into a a confined like rigid rule space and saying the only way that I know, you know what the fuck you're talking about is if you do it right here and right now. Uh, and that's not how a lot of people work. So test anxiety is a real thing. Um, I really mm-hmm. don't appreciate that. Hank just kind of discounts it right off the bat. Um, yes, he knows Bobby. That, I'm not, I'm not here to refute that, but at the, like the way he just kind of pushes it off, is just, Oh, well, if, if every kid just needs to buckle down and study, that's the that's the problem. And that's not always the answer. Um, You already hit and expanded really well on No Kid Left Behind, so I don't need to talk about that. Uh, We have a couple of different appearances of Kid Howard this episode. Did you notice him? Yeah, I'm like 90% sure he had a line. I don't think he actually did because um Hank asks him something, but he just points. No, no, in the assembly, when Moss is saying, like, he's, like, uh, you know, uh, petitioning the students, like, you know, we could lose our jobs, and the kids start rioting and throwing shit, and it cuts yeah. to them, and somebody says, we hate you, and it looks like a kid how we're talking, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I just assume that it most of the time, if it's not distinctly Dooley, and it's not distinctly Clark Peters, then it's, um, 
Um, oh God, Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Like I just assume that that's who it is at any given point. Okay. Okay. But that's me. Um, <laughs> also, you you kind of hit this really well to a point, but also like it's a it's a as somebody who was an educator, I'm sure you can you have thoughts on this. The line of "Have you ever found a kid who isn't special?" really hit with me. <laughs> yeah. Like that really hit with me because yep, everybody is a unique snowflake. We are all special in our own ways, right? But you know what? Sometimes we need to not think that way. Um, we as humans all have a certain level of potential and we do not need to cater to everybody's whim and, and thing. I, I'm not saying you don't give people opportunities to, to prove themselves. I'm not saying you don't give them um, a hand up when they need it. You know, oh, you have a hard time reading because you're dyslexic. Cool. Have somebody help you read the test for you. That's not that's not like saying it's a huge issue here with you being special. Reasonable accommodation. Exactly. Accommodation. Exactly. I'm not saying that yeah, that shouldn't yeah, exist. Yeah, reasonable accommodation. Yeah. But hot damn, does it feel like some of these accommodations, like everybody, everybody and their brother, their kid has got something specific that they need to do just for them. Well, but we do. You know, it's not... I, I'm sorry, dude. Like, okay, just play. Just the amount of playtime in classrooms starting in kindergarten. In kindergarten, John, the one fucking time when you're supposed to literally just be a rambunctious yeah. ball of goddamn energy. And they fucking make kids sit all day and it fucks their brains up. Like, yeah. and I'm not early childhood. I was secondary ed. But like, so I don't know as much, but it's like, it's the same ideas, dude. And it's like, so number one we're all special because the ones who aren't special are the ones who aren't fucked up by it. The ones who are, you know, it's c- c- so it, you break it down and like, there's a styles of learning, you know, your, your tactile, your, your auditory, your visual shit like this. Right. But like you get teachers that are only teaching to one style. So you're essentially eliminating the other, you're maybe getting 25%, like best case scenario, you get 25% of the kids. Right. And so just in that, that's your best fucking case scenario. So in a class of 20 kids, only five fucking kids are going to understand what you are saying. And out of those five, they still might be fucking stupid. You know, like they still might, right. they might get what you're saying, but they won't grasp it. Like you need, you need the accommodation, but at the same time too, we need to understand that fucking every single human brain is different. And I don't mean to like, it's like I'm mansplaining psychology to you. I'm sorry. But like no, every no. single human brain is different. And like we all fucking, div- I had to fucking take math 099 six times. Until the school fucking like mercy killed me and said, fine, you've taken it enough times and given us money. Just take the goddamn liberal arts math. I'm not a dumb person. I just can't do math. It's just not in my fucking wheelhouse. Like, right. And so, you know, but we're all different and we all need some help. And that's the point is you need to know what help you need. But then also when to kind of like come down and say, no, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And looking at what works and what doesn't based on the individual. Otherwise, you're going to fucking miss people. It's like medicine. You know, yeah, I got a headache. Give them aspirin. Well, sure. But maybe there's more to it than that. You know what I mean? Like. All right, yeah. I'm done. Sorry, second TED Talk. I apologize. I'm done. No, 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 no. You're absolutely fine. Um, I think you you demonstrated that a little bit better than I did. Um, I got kind of lost in my own words there. Really, the the point I was trying to make here is you know, you have Bobby and Joseph who are introducing themselves to the the new kids as they come in, and and they're they're using their diagnoses, if you will. And not every kid right. needs a diagnosis. 
Like, like you're no, saying, not there's at all. learning styles. Yeah, that's absolutely something that could be addressed. But not every kid has got ADHD. Not every kid has got autism. Not every kid has got like some sort of physical diagnosable malady. Sometimes they're having a fucking hard week. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the other part so. of it, too, is you got to treat kids like they're humans. Like, I get it. We look yes. down on children because they're children, whatever. But, like, they're not. They're they're humans. They're as much a human as you and I are. Maybe even more so because, like, they haven't been broken by the world yet. Or maybe that doesn't make them human, I guess, based yeah. off of my we all need to suffer equally. But, you know, yeah. too, I was going to ask you, um, kind of rounding out here or back at the ranch, you're talking about their diagnoses. What does yeah. Joseph have? Articulation disorder? Is that a thing? I don't think so. Is that I a really he just, like... Is, I think is that he just a, can't talk right because he's kind of yeah, dumb? Yeah, I think he, that's the oh, joke. dude. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, I, unfortunately, because a lot of things, counseling counseling included, um, in order for insurance to pay things, guys, I can rail on insurance if you want for a little bit. In order for them to pay for <laughs> things, you have to justify it by giving someone a diagnosis. And so a lot right. of diagnoses get thrown around because it's the only way that their insurance company is going to pay for it. Um. You know, it's unethical for me to give somebody a diagnosis that they don't actually have. Mm -hmm. So I, I wouldn't do it. Like, there's a lot of codes that I have in my manual, my diagnostic manual, um, that are that I, I could apply in one way, shape or form to somebody else. But most of the time I just use the no diagnosis given. There's no there's not enough symptoms for me to go off of. There's not enough like information for me to glean. Like, yes, you are you are special in your own right, but you're not so special that I get to give you a fancy, fun little code. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, we got two more here, and they're, well, I can go fast, and then okay. we can get into your notes. <laughs> oh, you're um, good. Take your time, dude. We, we're 13 minutes. We're all right. We're doing, yeah. we're doing fine. Um, music cue here. We have The Kids in America by Kim Wilde. Thank you. And then we also, okay, so the last one here, it, Carl Moss is trying to sell Hank and Peggy a steak that is not a T-bone, Mark. It is a J-bone. <laughs> a J-bone steak. I've never heard of a J-bone before. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is a shout out to, uh, to my family members specifically. J-bone was a nickname of mine when I was growing up. One specific Aww. family member called me J-bone. I'm pretty sure they still do. Um. I just haven't seen them for a while, but yeah. Right on. So I, I saw J-Bone and it gave me the warm and fuzzies. Uh, give me your notes, buddy. Um, My notes. Does it bug you that the Hills don't eat dinner in consistent rooms? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Cool, I feel like too. we used to have it at the, the table. they're at the back but... door or they're in the dining room. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> um. Uh, Klee Hammer is a fucking ox. <laughs> uh, the way he hucks that 10-pound medicine ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, it's 10 pounds. I think, like, a standard shot put is, what, 12 pounds or something? But, like, my point is, he gets it and with accuracy destroys that uh, trash can. Like, Yeah. I also had a, I had a note that I started writing why isn't he going to hit Dooley with that ball? And I got to, why isn't he going to hit Dooley? And then instead he whips at the trash can and kills that. And I go, oh, that's why he's not going to do it. Because he <laughs> would fucking kill Dooley. <laughs> I kind of already... I passed. <laughs> God damn it. This um, is good Dooley, right? Kinda, one one line. One line. That, yeah, one single line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I kind of like that, or, or no, sorry, I called it out. Um, is that Bobby's girlfriend in pink? It's not. It's Joseph's. Um, Clark yep. Peters is gonna make out with her, which, okay, no way in hell. All right, yeah, like give me some of that fucking booger scented kisses. I got a new pack of juicy fruit bar. You wanna smell it? <laughs> Um, Alamo land equals Bush Gardens question mark? Or are they just using the Alamo color scheme from the beer? I have no idea. Like, I okay. I really want it to be Bush Gardens. But I honestly, it could be Alamo as in, like, the actual Alamo, not the beer beer company. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because the one right I saw was uh, Santa Ana. But... Okay. So, it, it, it like... Vaguely historical, or it's just, I don't know. I haven't been in enough theme parks to understand the politics they're in. Um, finally, Carl Moss is an educated man, Johnny. He is kind of smart, or he should be. He's smarter than he leads on. Um, He's got a degree from he Brown. To Heim- he got a degree from Brown, but he also got one from Heimlich County, so he got it probably at least his AA from uh, Heimlich yeah. County Community College. And then is I'm assuming, because to be a principal, I think you need a master's. Um, you do. It's like 30 hours short, worth of work. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know there's a program here at Adams that I keep debating on taking just to, so I can get my principal cert, which would be right. dumb as shit. But at the same time, why not? Um, but so, yeah, so he went to Brown to get his master's. All right. All right, Carl. Fucking A. Now I understand why you're drinking so much, you smart son of a bitch. Fucking game recognized game. Uh, what are your notes, buddy? <laughs> um, The idea that Carl Moss is at, at uh, student teacher conferences, like adult conferences or whatever. And somebody potentially punching him. That was a pro for me. The fact that he's like, yeah, this gets kind of violent. And then Hank gives him that, like, I'm going to fucking give, I'll give you something violent here. Um, I thought it was really fucked up, but very entertaining that the teachers have so many ways of, of like getting the kids the right answers, including why don't we just plant drugs on some of the stupider ones? Like, I thought that was really fucked up, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, um, uh, I don't have a lot of pros here, man. Cause the only other one I have here is it's a, it was a realization when I was looking at IMDB for this episode, just to make sure we didn't have any guest stars. Um, but do you know who voices Emily? Who? And I'm assuming has voiced Emily for a very long time. Who's it that? is, uh, Ashley Johnson. Which is Ellie from the last of us. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet you if you pulled up her picture, you would recognize her because she, she's done some acting stuff. She's got a pretty familiar looking face. Um, but yeah, she, I didn't realize it. Now, now that I know who it is, I can absolutely hear her voice in, yeah, as Emily. Weird. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, there's, there's some other stuff in here. I appreciate, like, I guess if, because I feel weird that I only have three of them on here. I also really like, uh, I like Khan asking these, these ridiculous hard questions and then giving out fast passes for the right answers. I thought that was great. But then the fact right. that he's just like, maybe you could ask her about it because you're going to be in the back of the line. Like he, he's, he's cruel, but in a very lovable Khan way. <laughs> Gribble, where are your dumb kids? <laughs> Basically. But. Um, those are my pros here. I mean, I, I kind of sat and just chilled and watched this for a little bit. 
Yeah, I just watched it. I don't have a lot of... Yeah, the only pro, the only actual pro I have is Melissa had to answer what type of question to get onto Santa Ana, to onto the Santa Ana ride, a logarithm. Oh. So she had to have a log to walk onto the Santa Annie ride. Very nice. Which I know is not a joke that fucking Tim Croston and Chip Hall wrote into this episode, but that's no. what I took out of it. That's a Futurama <laughs> level joke. <laughs> I like, I, I had this like mini realization explosion in my head. I was like, oh my God, it's a logarithm on Sandy and he's right. Welcome log. It'd be even better if it was the log flume, but it's not. Well, yeah, that, no, the Santa Ana ride ended in the log flume. That Oh, is that where it ended? Is that a log flume to like the plunge? Yeah. 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 Like, it's, there's like the weird slow tunnel through the like the weird Alamo with the Cobra. And yeah, then... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. For yeah, some reason I yeah, thought it was yeah. a different ride. Yeah, it's 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 the log ride on the log flume for Santa Ann. It's Santa worlds Annie's upon Mom. worlds. Jesus wept. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my only real pro. I don't. Okay, so I don't like this episode. Okay. It's a dumb episode. Um, but I don't dislike this episode. I am so, I am so neutral on this episode. I don't know how to feel about it. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I guess give me some cons. Um. Okay. Uh. First con here: there is no real Alamo Land. It doesn't exist. It was made up for this, and I'm sad because you and I could have gone on a field trip. Gotta go. Um, yeah. I so it, it, my other con here: it's a it's a bigger one, and really, it's the character of Hank. This episode. Um. We, you and I already kind of talked about it, but he is such a downer. For this entire episode, and I feel like he is just blatantly ignoring the concept of accommodations and disabilities and how that should be applying to a lot of this situation. Now, I think he's ignoring it intentionally because he knows, in, at least in his mind, Bobby does not have any of this shit. He's taking advantage of it. Um, he's taking the easy way out because, <laughs> surprise, surprise, that's what Bobby likes to do. Um, but, like, the the way he is presenting some of it and the like, just how mean and cruel he gets at certain points. I, I really, I think I wrote this note after Bobby was saying something like, "He's he's getting gotten wrapped up by Peggy, and he's on the the couch, and he's like, really, mom, I'm fine, I'm doing this, I'm doing that." And he walks up, and he's like, "You shouldn't have even been there in the first place." Like he just gets mm-hmm. real shitty and mean about it. Like you were never even supposed to be there. That was supposed to be for the smart kids. And I'm like, oh, hey, what the hell, man. No, but he he's not wrong. It's supposed no, to be No, he's it, not, but he's Bobby just even mean says, about isn't this for the kids on the honor roll? He should be mean. This is one of those Hank is an asshole episodes, but he needs to be an asshole about cuz you know, he even kind of calls Carl out and goes like, "What if he just taught the kids how to fucking do it?" Like Yeah. What, and what if what if you just tried to reach these kids, you know, instead of fucking jam, you know, like Okay. Maybe my issue know. is that I guess this I, episode I, no, is I understand one what you're Hank. saying. He's mean. Yeah. It is it is one note Hank, but I mean this is one note episode. You know, it's it's Bobby's okay. lazy and Hank gets irritated by Bobby's laziness and Bobby takes advantage of shit. And the moral of the story is if you just did the work in the first place, well, then you wouldn't have such a hard time now. Yeah. But you're not, so you are, so fuck you. Yeah. So uh, but th- those are really I mean, those are my cons here. Um maybe I need to just rewatch this episode, maybe take a take a break from it and come back and, and watch it in a couple of weeks and see 
see yeah. if there's anything else there because I don't know. Is it a good episode of King of the Hill? Like, does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill? Do you know what I mean? Not, I mean, not really. Taking some, taking something that's not funny and well, not really making it funny. I don't think I laughed at all in this episode. Um, but you know, discussing it like that, I don't, I don't know. I, I really just think this was a one-off idea, and I think that's all it is. And I don't know how well it worked. Yeah, I, it feels very much like an after-school special. Yeah. So, but, um, what, what were your cons from this? Well, ultimately, we can find our greatest, our greatest, you know, villain in the neighborhood was Peggy back in board games between her and Nancy and Min when they disrupted the voting and all the Christian women got in. And that was the beginning yeah. of the downfall of Arlen. So we got our patient zero. It's Peggy. What a bitch. Um, no, the only con I've got is no child left behind, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was... So I was dicking around on the wiki today, and I saw somebody got heated because they said that they were making fun of special needs kids. And they're not. They're, they're, they're no. not. They're labeling these kids as, like, you know, Bobby has ADHD. Joseph has, you know, whatever, articulation. Um, it's it's not that. It's just how do you make a loophole? And see, that's the problem, too, is, like, there's nothing to talk about in this episode. Like, yeah, I guess it's cool because this episode doesn't hold up because No Child Left Behind has been out as policy since 15. So right. fuck, maybe, I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe, is this a fucking blue flame? Cause zero context to understand a relic of the, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, Johnny. I just, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Very strange. Well, let's move into favorite yeah. moments then. Maybe we, we find something that, that kind of tickled our funny bone here. Oh, question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay. I don't know what favorite moments are you going to take like Dale on the log ride with unknown special needs kid. Okay, great. That's, Get out of my uh, favorite uh, moments. <laughs> John, it's so weak. It's so shallow, dude. It's so shallow. It's not my only one, but I, I just, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like such a soft little blow there. It's like, okay, I fuck it. It's a participation tro- trophy of a favorite moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> it you was gotta, a shoe in. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you gotta love it, otherwise you're the asshole. Like, I'm the asshole because I didn't say so. What do you got? What do your What do you got? Uh, so I have that one, but I also have uh, a, another potential one, mostly because if I catch myself singing it while I'm going to the bathroom, I'm gonna make it's gonna make me laugh, and it's Bobby's Tinkle song. <laughs> do you, Do you sing the Tinkle song when you go to the bathroom? No, but I kind of want to start. And I know, I know all of you out there are crying foul and saying, but Johnny, you've been bitching and moaning for 13 seasons about how you don't like it when Bobby gets infantilized. And I just want to be like, yep, but this makes me laugh. It's funny. It's (laughs) it's like fucking covered in ice cream. Oh, my special, special boy. Like, okay, so there's something I laughed at. You made me think about it. (laughs) Yeah, like. Poor Peggy, dude. Also, this really reminded me of Peggy's Turtle song when they put Bobby on fucking Adderall or whatever it was. And, yep. like, Peggy just took that as such a failure as a parent. And this has got to be, a, especially, like, you know, I'm sorry, dude, former educator. We just saw last week in the Peggy hole her three-time substitute teacher of the year awards. Like, and now this. And it's like, oh, God, poor Peggy. This has got to hit Peggy on a different level, you know? Right. Like, Hank knows better. Hank won't buy into it, but Peggy, 1,000% will. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, she's seen enough kids and she's she's seen enough of them go from decent students to like train wrecks overnight for weird, stupid little shit like this that just kind of manifests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely could happen yeah. with her kid. Okay. Yeah. I well, know. also, is this a um, Hank gets a job episode, or or not Hank gets a job, but Hank is a teacher again episode, or not? No. Okay. No. I don't want to, I, well, mostly because I don't want to lump it in with all the other really cool Hank is a teacher episodes because I don't like him in this episode. I, yeah, I don't need, I don't know. I, I guess why does Hank need to be the turd in the punch bowl? Right. Right? I don't know. <laughs> we blazed through this one. I feel bad, but I just, I got nothing to say about it. I don't know. It's okay. Um, What do you say we rate her then? Yeah, what do, you, what do you give her? Um, I gave it a butane man. I know shocker, okay. um, shocker that I I go into a late season episode of King of the Hill and I give it a butane. Um, <laughs> it's okay, I guess. It's it's watchable. I'll, I'll I'll leave it on. Um, no child left behind. It definitely pisses me off. And the idea that everybody and their brother has to have a diagnosis and and that it's shit, dude. It's a straight up trend on TikTok that you. You figure out how neurodivergent you are or how autistic you are or you, you self-diagnose yeah. yourself with shit like ADHD or PTSD or borderline personality. And it's like, nope, none of you know how to do that. You're all getting bad fucking information. And so I'm I'm just not going to continue to perpetuate it. Um, the last Social line media I wrote is a cancer. It, fuck, dude, we, we really need to need to have a time limit for ourselves like. You should be able to limit how often you are on fucking social media. Um, but my, my last thing here, and I think it, it plays into butane, like why so many of my things have been butane the last couple of seasons. And really, Mark, it's because we're at season 13 and I'm tired, boss. I'm real tired. Interesting. I'm just real tired at this point. Yeah. I mean, you name you name me one show that's not The Simpsons. That is good up in up into their tenth season. Oh yeah, I got nothing. I and you know I don't what? Know I think what it King, would be. King of the Hill has got a phenomenal run because it goes at least six, maybe even seven, if we look back far enough and and we see a lot of like ups and downs and some of that shit. But you get to thirteen. I'm not expecting anything to be good at this point. If it's if it's even watchable, I'll consider it a success. Uh, I think, but that's the problem too, is because you didn't, you said you had quit watching by this point. So you're watching this with fresh eyes. So you have your idea of what King of the Hill ought to be. And then you're watching this and it's like, it is decidedly a different flavor. Yeah. Like it might be the same, you know, same skin, but like it is not the, it's a Butterfinger. I remember when Butterfingers were great (laughs) to keep calling back to a trope I use way too much, but King of the (laughs) Hill is kind of turning into a Butterfinger, I think for you. It, I, I think it might be. Yeah. But yeah. uh, what did you and end I up reading this guy? Don't really. Well, I don't really remember these. Like, I remember this episode. I remember the MySpace one, but like, there were ones I'd okay. only seen maybe once. Again, versus shit like, you know, um, you know, uh, firefighting, right? Like, so those. But then you know that happens too with um, uh, six characters in search of a house. I blue flamed that one. I was amazed. I was knocked over. I was. I couldn't believe how much I liked that episode. So like, there's still good to be found in it. It's just, it's like you're saying, like, this is borrowed time. Yeah. Um, we know it's borrowed time. So, like, 
I understand everybody involved is kind of at the point of like, well, we're running it out. I think that that's kind of where you're at at this point is you're just kind of running out until we run out of episodes. But like, I don't know. Um, to that end, I gave it a butane. So, okay, right there. Butane, it's butane, two two-tanes. There's two two-tanes in an episode. Yeah. It, literally the middle of the road. We still like it. We don't hate it. And my... So my or my explanation was it wasn't good question mark I didn't like it question mark but I didn't turn it off I yeah. you know it, this isn't I don't know and I think that I would almost at this point take the ones that I am charcoaling and megaloing over the butanes because you know I'd rather feel something than nothing at all but <laughs> yeah okay but also too no, like so there can be valid. good butanes and there can be like this butane this is a dull butane you know like if there is silver then this is like you know your fucking grandparent shit that you're going to inherit someday. And it's literally just tarnished at this point, you know, like, yeah. So it's dull. It's a dull butane, which makes no sense because it's a liquid gas, but still. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, and I also, I want to put into like, into some of our listeners minds and yours as well. I think what, what King of the Hill suffers from is the fact that it has to, it has a production schedule that it has to hit every single year. You know how I fix a lot of this? Cool. You want 13 seasons of King of the Hill? It's good. You're going to get them, but it's going to take 20 years to get them. You know, you you get your first couple, first four, five, six, maybe one, one a year, if you will. And then you slow production down. You go, cool. Um, If we're going to do 20 more episodes for this, then we're going to actually take the time to write 20 good episodes, not write 20 kind of good episodes that we need to get out before you know, six months down the line so they can all get animated and we can hit our hit our marks. Um, one of the reasons right. I love the show uh, The Venture Brothers so much is because, fuck, dude, they would have like three or four years, like hiatuses in between seasons. You know, that show is like 30 years old and it only got seven seasons and a movie. And it, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it was their production team was like two dudes doing most of it. Um, but even when they started getting good money from Adult Swim, they basically just went, "I we're not going to put shit episodes out here. We're going to take our time and craft this the way we want to. You'll get it when you get it. Right. So I feel like, I mean, that's how you fix some of this. You, you take the time to develop some more of these ideas. I like so many of these episodes in the last couple of seasons, I feel like you and I have kind of gone... There was half an idea here and it just wasn't enough. Like, why didn't they go and expand on it? Right. And it, yeah. And that's the problem is it's like a, a half baked idea kind of thing. And I think that's what we're going through, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we're left with a bunch of, I mean, half baked edible cookies, I guess. I prefer my cookie dough raw, but it's all right. <laughs> Um, well, buddy, uh, raw cookie dough and all, I got that all important question to ask before we get out of here. And that is, do you still like King of the Hill? Well, did you know you can buy ice cream with the cookie dough already in it? Get my keys, girl. We're going to the store. (laughs) Oh God. Just that you can still, you know, I, I don't know. All the (laughs) still crazy after all these years. Like, goddamn, John. Um, Yeah, I still like King of the Hill. You know, it's good. I like it. It's whatever. Some of this I'm seeing for the first time, kind of, sort of, or, you know, like the weird, I don't remember a thing, and then I get shocked by it. It's like being a Packers fan. Either I'm right that it'll be fine, or I'll be pleasantly surprised at how good it is. Uh, How about you, buddy? Uh, Mark, I still love King of the Hill. 
Um, I'm very tired right now. And I think part of it is our process and part of it is just we I feel like you and I have lived the last half a year in in Dullsville, USA. Like it's not what Arlen has. It's not what Arlen's best has got to give us. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the the lovely thing to look forward to just over the horizon, because Ka is, in fact, a wheel and the wheel is ever turning, Mark is that the sooner we're done, the sooner I can start it over again. <laughs> I've been going back and watching. I've been... I'll just pick a random episode out and just watch it, and I almost think we need to do a retrospective, retrospective rewatch where we watch four <laughs> episodes at a time and see, like, where we come down. Because, like... Seeing this shit, you really... I watched, um... Trouble with Gribbles. Um, okay. And I was losing my fucking shit at uh, Sammy Smoking Sam, and I'm like singing the song, and Amanda's getting annoyed with me, and I'm just like cackling like a fucking jackal at this episode. Like, and, I'm, and then I looked at our rating, I was like, I didn't like this episode. I talked shit about this episode. I'm like, you're an asshole, Mark. That's what your problem is. You're just the <laughs> asshole. Anyway, Johnny, if our listeners want to call us, call me an asshole, where would they do that? Uh, well, our listeners can call us both assholes at anywhere that's got Dangle Podcast in the name. That's Instagram, Twitter. Uh, uh, we're on Facebook. We, uh, we're we not on MySpace, guys. Sadly, not on MySpace. But we are on Facebook. We've got a group there. Uh, you can always reach out to us on Gmail. We're danglepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me personally on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball is in Swedish meatball. And if you guys do Blue Sky, then we are there as uh, at High Hammock Studios. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at one of our two sister podcasts, either the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast or re- a weekly cinema rewatch podcast where me and my buddy Brad fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and talk about when we can show these movies to our kids. Or you can find me on the Two Wizards podcast where me and my buddy Josh stare into that void so you don't have to. Um... Yeah, all good things all around. I'm still on Twitter, kind of, sort of, as Marky Stardust. Yeah, find me over there. And, uh, yeah, Johnny, thank you for being here, buddy. You know, I... It'll get better. Because, you know, like... This is our fucking Lord of the Rings, Battle of the Pelennor Fields moment. And, like, just real soon here, fucking Gandalf the White's gonna ride down the ridge with the Rohirrim. And beat back the Fell Beasts with fucking... You know, just another manic conde and 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 uh, uh, fucking the uh, to sirloin with love. It's it's coming. The 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 sun will shine out the clearer there, Mister Frodo. We just gotta reach the other end of these fucking stairs. Up, 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 and then down we goes. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. I don't know why I'm all over the ringsy. My name is Mark, and I love it. you all, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.